There are times, of course, when Scripture can be very consoling, reassuring. And then other times when Scripture is meant to agitate, to get us thinking, to question how we are following the Lord. Certainly the first reading and the third reading, at least the first parts of it anyway, uh, are, are very much focused on the fact that if, if they're not against us, the people who oppose us, uh, then that we should let them do what they're called upon to do. Jesus uh, doesn't uh, get upset when he hears that uh, somebody's driving out demons who's not part of their traveling party. Just like uh, in the first reading, uh, Moses, uh, uh, when he's dealing with Eldad and Medad, and who receives the Spirit at what time in the camp and that, he hears from a young man who says, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, who from his youth had been Moses' aide, said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses answered him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. And so I think there is a kind of a reassuring message in both of those. And it, it allows us to recognize that the Holy Spirit isn't that precise with who it is that is drawn out and what various areas of expertise, that it basically is just a strengthening of our faith. But we also have the harsher parts of our scripture today, uh, second half of the Gospel of Mark, or it's those who abuse, as it's described, and people who, uh, 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 we clearly throughout the centuries encourage people to maim themselves. The emphasis on the fact that what to advance in this life means nothing when it comes to the life that's to, the, uh, the, the part that we last three or four decades is the causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin. If a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the now, of course, the little ones that are referred to don't necessarily children, although I think in large part we've seen it in that context, and especially during the time of the sexual abuse in the church. But we say, and rightfully so, that better for this person not to have any dealings at all, better he'd be thrown into the sea. Uh, uh, nothing is more precious to, to Jesus than the little ones and, and trying to keep them from scandal. It's so, so important. And then, of course, uh, uh, throughout the month of September, I wasn't here with you for a good part of it, but we have that Take No Prisoners, a passage from the letter of St. James. Very strong. And, and, of course, this message probably doesn't include many, if any, of the St. Cornelius and Cyprian and James prisoners. I don't know that we have a lot of the, the rich in the parish, but it still reminds us that uh, we don't want to be caught up in the things of this world. He says, weep and wail over your impending miseries. Your wealth has rotted away, your clothes have become moth-eaten, your gold and silver have corroded, and that corrosion will be a testimony against you. It will devour your flesh like a fire. And it talks about how 
for so many people, and I think it's true in our society, uh, people who set aside uh, treasures for their last days. And they do so because they're beholding the wages that uh, were withheld from the workers who harvested their fields. And, and the cries of the harvesters, it says, have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on earth in luxury and pleasure. You have fattened your hearts for the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous one. He offers you no resistance. 